All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. It is that time of year, and we are officially back to once a week. Um, I know we dropped a, two episodes in a row last week there. We had the interview, and then we had our little bit of this and that, our uh, two-parter with Noah. Uh, but it is uh, back to the once a week as we prepare through one of the busiest draft weekends of the year. And then we're preparing for week number one, which seems pretty crazy. It's literally feels like it was just kind of like a couple of days ago, we were celebrating the Super Bowl and starting to make some uh, dynasty trades, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden here we are, but uh, we're recording on Tuesday for our Wednesday, August 31st drop of episode 57. And today's episode, we are going to be going over our 306 certified my guys, as well as our bold predictions for the NFL season. So a lot to cover. Uh, so we might as well just get into it here before we get started. We'll, uh, We'll say hello to Zach. We got Armin. It's going to be dropping in a little bit later. His football practice ran a little bit longer than expected, so he might be dropping in partway through the episode. But uh, we might as well say hello to Zach before we get started. Zach, I know you've got football season started up here too, and and draft season's going on. So I imagine you're just as busy as all can be. Yeah, between those things and school, getting back on here, it's it's been pretty busy the last couple of days. But holy smokes. I think I think St. Mary's might have a good idea here with these late night practices. I tell you, yesterday and today I was just gassed after practice, just standing on the sideline but sweating through my shirt, just disgusting. We've had hotter hotter temperatures in late August and well soon to be September, I think, than we've had the entire the entire summer. It feels like, which I mean, for for those that are ever trying to soak up that last couple of minutes of summer before everybody goes back to work, maybe has been pretty nice, but. I was driving home today and I was like, holy man, it's still 33 degrees. And all I thought about was I could be on the football field right now. So this is not <laughs> what you want if you're a football coach. But looking forward to going out and checking out some football here. And it's just going to be weird watching from the different sideline. But uh, it's been busy. I'm Like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I, I'm starting a new position. My, my job's already started. So it's been it's been crazy with the new startup and new roles and responsibilities and going back to work early and preparing you know, man it's been it's been busy and then you get home and it's actually been it's been kind of fun because we uh myself Zach and Armin had our one big draft that we play in the same keeper league every year so we get a draft together uh, but then lots of other people are drafting so lots of people are messaging asking for advice and want us to comment on their their teams etc so it's that time of year and it's a lot of fun and even though I'm not necessarily coaching football I'm still still talking football same as always so it's been it's been a lot of fun but um with, with talking about the drafts coming up and big draft weekend, uh, we have a big draft coming up, and that is the 306 uh, Fantasy Football Charity Bowl Part 2. So second year we're going to be operating this. Uh, we've got quite a few names in already, but you don't want to miss out on your opportunity to be involved on the charity uh, charity draft this year. Uh, all the money and proceeds will be going to the Jim Pattison Children's Hospital. So we're super excited to have them on board. Uh, so not only will you be supporting a good cause with Jim Pattison Children's Hospital, but you'll also be getting opportunity to win not only signed football memorabilia uh, from some NFL superstars, but also some memorabilia from our major sponsors, uh, among some other little uh, prizes that we're going to be collecting throughout the year as well, too. So don't miss out on your opportunity. Hit us up on the DMs and get your spot locked and loaded on the 306 uh, Fantasy Football Charity League. So without further ado, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get things going here. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. 
I'm Ron Burgundy. Well, if you're anything like me, I have uh, I have Roto World on my computer with the notifications on. Uh, it's not no Roto World, NBC, NBS Sports, or whatever it is called now. I can't remember, but what used to be Roto World, all the news and stuff. I have the notifications on, and it was cut day, <laughs> the the 53 man roster cut down day within the last couple of days. And today, my computer is just bing, 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 bing of just absolute random. Nobody's getting cut, and. Uh, my respects to Ian Book there, Zach. And unfortunately, your was it your number three overall favorite Notre Dame quarterback? Was that what you how you phrased him last year? Yeah, maybe when he was on the roster, he might have been my number three favorite of the guys that were on the roster. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he looked so bad last year, and he looked just as bad this uh, obviously this training camp because he got released too. But I mean, that's- I had four years of that at Notre Dame. Oh. <laughs> so bad. Before we start actually speaking of Notre Dame, have you watched the two-part documentary, The Mante Teo, on Netflix yet? No, I keep on, like, meaning to sit down, but I want to do, like, the full, like, whatever it is, two hours, like, kind of, like, back-to-back, and yeah. I just haven't had time. But yeah, I did watch I did watch the, the and one uh, untold story on, I think, Friday after work, and that was pretty, pretty entertaining, as, uh, as I'm sure – you're, you're pretty close to the same age as me growing up uh, wearing and one clothing and shoes. And then obviously watching the and one mixtapes are a pretty formative part of me growing up. <laughs> oh yeah. Big time. I just finished watching the first step. Well, kind of like you, I wanted to watch it all at once, but I've just been so tired. It's been hard to try and chip away at that many. Well, I think it works out being about just about three hours between the two episodes. But I just finished up watching episode one. And there was so, so much to the story that I just didn't know about. Like, I mean, obviously you being a Notre Dame guy, you probably knew a lot more about this whole story. And I can't believe it happened like 2012. It seems like it wasn't that long ago, but it, it definitely was. So it's, I'm just starting episode two, actually, just before we started recording. So I'm going to, as soon as we're done, I'm going to try and hammer that out to get, well, it's all fresh in my mind. Cause it's, man, it is, it is bizarre. So if you at home haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, first of all, I apologize. Cause that's one of the craziest stories that has happened around 2012 but you got to go watch this two-part documentary. But I went on a huge tangent there as we started talking about the, the Irish there. But um, anyways, cut down day. So there's a lot of no-name guys that were fighting for, for roster spots, you know, sixth, seventh-round guys in the last couple of years. There's also some notable cuts, so we're going to get into those, um, along with uh, some decent news as well, too. So the first one I'm going to talk about was the – was he a third-round, Zach, or a fourth-round? I know he was a day-two uh, draft pick, right, Brian Robinson? Yeah, I want to say fourth round, but fourth round. that's just uh, that's literally a coin toss. Yeah, I think because I think he was the fourth, and I find another guy we're going to talk about is Damian Pierce. I believe he was the third, so I might be getting them kind of mixed up a little bit. But regardless, Brian Robinson, uh, a draft pick this last year from the Washington Commanders, um, seemingly would have been buried on the depth chart from some some good players that were in front of him. Uh, but uh, he ended up kind of pushing his way to be RB1 with uh, Antonio Gibson kind of getting pushed in the back burners, becoming a punt returner, and, and it looked like Brian Robinson's season was going to be firing up, uh, but unfortunately, in a, an, an unfortunate situation, in a carjacking attempt, he was shot multiple times, uh, was rushed to hospital with what was categorized as non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, I think it was in the, in the leg and then the butt is kind of how it was uh, reported, uh, he's already out of the hospital. He's in good spirits. And I know the football is not really the important part about this conversation. Obviously, glad he's okay. Uh, but the football, you know, we're a football podcast. 
it came out saying that it's, they're not ruling it out that he won't be this playing the season, but uh, just an unfortunate situation for what was potentially a, a potential shining star. Like obviously a guy that's your goal is to make the NFL and become a stud in the NFL was he was, he was proving it day in and day out on, on the practice field and in preseason. And it was about to happen in, in this unfortunate situation for Brian Robinson. But um, I don't, do you have anything to add to that situation there, Zach? I not really just uh, checked it out though. He, he was a third rounder. So put some respect there, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, when that news broke, I, I was on Twitter and like maybe half an hour before that news broke, I, I saw two different tweets that said like, he's kind of like the confirmed solidified RB one. And then yeah, within the hour, uh, this, this situation kind of unfolded and, what I read this morning is he got super lucky. The, uh, the shots to the leg seemed to miss like all the ligaments, which not being a, like an anatomy guy, like, I think there's quite a few ligaments in the leg. So he got pretty lucky. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, talking about fantasy football, Antonio Gibson was one of the guys that was plummeting down draft boards. I mean, he was hanging around that RB dead zone. There has been some bad juju around him a while for a while now because of the fumbles um, the team was obviously not happy with that. They were, were replacing with Brian Robinson. Is he going from off your draft board to back on your draft board? Or is, is he still a situation where, you know, like they, like, I thought this would have been maybe Jared Patterson season, but they just released him as well too off the 53 man roster. So right now it's just Gibson and, um, and, and McKissick. So, I mean, <laughs> the volume's got to be there. No. You would think so, yeah. And I, unless they bring in one of the guys that were cut today, there there was a handful of kind of like Justin journeyman type guys. Yeah, journeyman running backs that have you know been on two or three teams at this point in their careers. And um, but yeah, you'd think that this is kind of, I guess maybe Gibson's shot to re- reassert himself. Yeah, like a second life almost for him. See mm-hmm. what you can do with it, but. Uh, going on through a couple of these, some of these we're going to go through relatively quickly and some of them we might actually talk a little bit about like this one, um, San Francisco 49ers, uh, former quarterback now solidified as the number two as it's structured in the contract. Jimmy Garoppolo has restructured his contract to still make him one of the highest paid, uh, but it is the backup uh, quarterback that's the restructured to ensure that it would be the backup. He's going to be paid still pretty decently, obviously, the backup but maybe now with this restructuring, it might make it a little more enticed to be traded. But now there's reports saying, oh, now we don't really want to trade them. And I imagine that's just kind of a fluff piece to maybe get teams interested. But uh, I know Seattle was one of the destinations that was kind of talked about, but obviously interdivision there, 49ers are like, ah, you know, not really. Um, so it's, it's an interesting thing now with this restructured contract, but Jimmy G for sure is going to be the two. But do, do you think this is going to, solidify him as the backup throughout the season and then there could be this transition back and forth or do you think Jimmy G still has a has a likelihood of being traded I think this if anything this uh if you're like a Trey Lance owner this might be not worrisome but something that sits in the back of your mind knowing that in win now mode which I think they are the 49ers like they know what Garoppolo can do and he's gotten them you know almost over that mountain a time or two so if, if Lance falters at any, any point, I think there is that Jimmy G breaking in case of emergency box. And you weren't doing that with like a Nick Mullins or 
the other backup quarterback there from Iowa. So Jimmy G's a lot better than those guys. So and it's not like he's like uh, like a Captain Newton showing up in a town. There's no chemistry. Like we know what we get with Jimmy G and those players have played with Jimmy G for, like you said, how many years. So it, it would yeah. be a, a, a relatively seamless transition back because like, you know what you're going to get. Yeah, like he got you to the semis just last year and then yeah. to the Super Bowl two years ago. Exactly. But uh, a couple other ones like this one we can go through pretty quickly. Sam Darno, uh, the reports he already lost the job. Uh, but even if Baker kind of uh, falters, I guess, down the down the beginning of the, the year. Uh, it ain't going to be Sam Darno time because he's going to be out for at least four to six weeks with an ankle injury. And rookie quarterback, whose name is escaping me. Matt Carroll. Thank you. Uh, he's out as well with a season-ending injury. So it's Baker season or bust at this point for Carolina. Uh, but I know he, Baker's came out with, you know, I, I'm going to, with some colorful language, going to ruin the Browns this upcoming week one. So, so far that real spicy hot take I had is off to a pleasantly one for one start out of the three parts I needed for that one. But uh, like that one, we can go over pretty quickly. Um, this one, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Cause there's, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter. I know you're a big Twitter guy, but this big Tom Brady um, absence. I know it was what two weeks, week and a half. I don't know. It was 11 days, I think. Yeah. So it, or 11 it, practices. It, it felt a lot longer for how long it was buzzing on Twitter, I think, but uh, he left and there's now this big ominous feel around Tom Brady. And I, obviously you're a Patriots guy. So you know that the Tom Brady's kryptonite is up the middle and the entire Buccaneers offensive line from the center to the guards is just absolutely ripped to shreds. Um, now there's, it's not a good feeling around the Bucks organization right now. Usually Tom Brady's kind of been a happy, a lucky guy with his um, back speech and the way you operate back on the field and stuff. And now it's kind of like, uh, you know, so is this, are is like is I mean there's got to be a higher percent chance than than one percent that he could call it quits at any moment day eh? like is do you think so like that's kind of what the Twitter feeling is right now. I read something a while ago that basically said he he was ready to hang it up if he went on vacation. What a lot of people suspect he did was go on vacation while he was away. Um, a lot of people suspect that he only came back because uh, the his retirement was. I guess, spoiled by different media insiders. He wasn't able to announce it himself. Who's, who's to say that's the case or not? But um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. In a season where a lot of the stalwarts in the Buccaneers roster have been injured or have left, it's kind of a weird year to come back from a short retirement. Exactly. Um, my my favorite rumor was that he was on the mass singer for so for, stupid. Oh man. Like just the, the things that Twitter can turn out. I mean, if that's true, that's gonna be so funny. But it's it's amazing what Twitter can just burn out and it's oh, oh my god. Like I don't even know what network that's on, but Matt would just like spike their ratings outrageously. <laughs> yeah. He retires mid-seasons because he's on the mass singer. Be, yeah. Yeah, that's not the way Tom Brady goes out, folks. I'm telling you that for free. <laughs> That's what he does when he's 65 years old and he needs to get away from the house for a bit. Like that's not what he's doing while he's still in arguably in, in incredible playing shape. Um, Texans, this is another one. Texans released Marlon Mack. This was actually kind of big, I think. Um, Off-season buzz about Damian Pierce has been incredible. Um, he was a guy that, in especially in dynasty drafts, I think got a lot of hype uh, in that maybe the late second round, maybe early third round just because he was kind of one of the only guys left in the, in the Texans backfield. Uh, there's Marlon Mack. Uh, I think it was um, 
Oh my goodness. He was a Patriots running back escape. My brain. Yeah, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead. Thank you. I mean, it's not like he's, he's got a lot of meat left on the bone. So, I mean, there was a lot of opportunity for Damian Pierce. And then, you know, we're looking at the uh, underdog best ball drafts. He could have got him pretty late. Now his ADP is climbing drastically, but I think it's for a good reason because there's a lot of opportunity there, but just, I think the ADP starting to get a little bit out of control. Uh, Marlon Mack was one of those players that was getting a lot of touches compared to Pierce. I still think Burkhead might get uh, a little bit of touches as well too, but is that something that maybe you're targeting in that late round? Cause I know that uh, was it you that snaked me on that one. I think it was in like the 10th round or something like that. I was less than play less, less than right, for, for first of all, for those of you at home, me and Zach, we could co-manage a team, no problem. I was drafting <laughs> with Armand at his house. We were having a beer and and catching up a little bit and doing a draft together. And it was just like, he was like, oh, who? Because we were far enough away that we could talk about who we were waiting for coming back and who we we're trying to get. And I would say it and Zach would draft it. It was like, we could, I could have took Zach's team and been like, you know what? I had a really good draft. I had a really <laughs> good draft. It always seemed like one round before I wanted to take the player, there was Zach swooping him. But coming back to the Damian Pierce, that's somebody that you have high expectations for, Zach? Yeah, oh, twofold. Um, I took him a little bit earlier than I think I would have normally, but knowing that it was a keeper where uh, you get to keep the uh, the player at the value that you draft them at for three years, I was I was willing to pay like maybe a round or two early just in case he does go off, um, get good value on him for the next couple of years. But yeah, I think right around that like round like seven, round eight. Uh, there is a bit of a risk there, not knowing what you're getting in a rookie, but if he hits, you get a starter, like top 20 running back potential in the mid to late round. So where's the risk? And somebody that should come with a lot of volume you would anticipate. Like you look at those, yep. <laughs> the names we listed off aren't stalwarts of, of health or of, of uh, supreme talent by any stretch of the imagination. So you could, you could take that over pretty quickly. And something else from that story too, like with Marlon Mack coming back from the, uh, the Achilles injury, um, it's kind of interesting. That's the same injury that Cam Akers and James Robinson are coming back from. And it seems like Marlon Mack's had a hard time coming back from that injury. So maybe give you a moment of pause when you're considering drafting Robinson or Akers, uh, not knowing how they're going to bounce back. It's a good piece of advice, especially Cam Akers. He's in that RB dead zone that we talked about a few times. And James Robinson's getting a lot of hype now. And and he's probably the one that had the injury the, the most recent. Like, it was pretty late in the season. And all of a sudden, now he's going to be back for week one. It's like, oh, man, like, oh, there would be a lot to be worried about there. So that's a pretty good piece of advice. Um, another one here, I'm going to I'm gonna maybe breeze over this one a little bit because Zach's going to talk about this player a little bit later on in the episode. But Jalen Waddle is still out with a – what's being categorized as a soft tissue, lower body injury. So take that for what it's worth. I don't, I don't know if it's a hamstring or if it's a calf or what it might be, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit here. Um, another wide receiver, LaVisca Chanel, uh from the Jaguars has been traded to the Panthers. Uh, this one's an interesting one just because uh, the Panthers, obviously we talked about them a little bit with Baker. I mean, surrounding with some weapons, you got DJ Moore. Um, now you're adding Baker to, or sorry, adding Chenault to the mix, who was, I think, was it, we, I think we had this discussion, was it last year or two years ago? He was kind of the off season darling that people were kind of all over and then had a little bit of a tough season for whatever reason you want to call the Jaguars destruction last year was, but uh, a fresh start for him with, with Baker. Um, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, but I know he was somebody that was super late in drafts and just bought off everybody's board. 
now maybe stepping into a decent opportunity in, in Carolina. So that's somebody that you would be willing. So here's another question. Let's frame it this way. Chanel in Carolina or a former Jaguar, DJ Chark in Detroit? I'll probably take DJ Chark because I know what he can do. He put up a couple of good seasons in, in Jacksonville. And looking at what the Jags had last year at their disposal and looking at what they have at their disposal this year, uh, not you know, wanting to use Chanel, not using Chanel, um, I don't have much faith in him. If the Jaguars were like, yeah, we got no use for this guy. Like who else do they have on that depth chart outside of Kirk? Well, if my life depend, if my life depended on it, I'd be dead. I couldn't name a single hey, former Detroit Lion Marvin Jones. Okay. Marvin Jones Jr. Let's you know go. what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> Him and my dad, they went to kindergarten together, <laughs> both mid to late fifties. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe he's still stuck on that roster, but I'll take, I, I always liked, I always like Marvin Jones, but uh, definitely not like you said when he's 55 years old. Um, continuing on with some of the news here. Um, this one, this one sucks uh, for those of you that had the draft day, maybe a little bit before this, uh, this past couple days. Uh, and this, this one impacts JK Dobbins, I think a little bit, obviously Kenyon Drake was cut uh from las vegas raiders and then going into the, just this draft time that everybody's in right now um they hadn't done nothing because obviously that whole entire room is just kind of in shambles uh, actually they <laughs> the they actually just ended up cutting um tyler Beatty, who was getting a lot of offseason buzz i think he was a sixth round draft pick uh, and people are thinking picking him up late in your underdog drafts i was one included just because if those running backs aren't ready to go he's going to be the starter uh but they ended up releasing him uh, Gus Edwards is on the pop, so he's not going to be at least available until at least week four. And they hadn't picked anybody up yet, so it was very promising for Dobbins. But now they're looking at picking up, uh, and then they did pick up Kenyon Drake. Um, so now Dobbins' availability is all now in question. Week one, Twitter's kind of buzzing about that a little bit. Now there's concerns about Dobbins. Um, now is this – Dobbins is in the RB dead zone for a lot of people that uh, didn't really want to pick him up. But it, it, are you concerned about this, Zach? I mean – he was injured the entire preseason, but to see somebody that now with this additional news coming in and they're picking up a veteran, like you, like we discussed briefly already, they're picking up this veteran. Now you're, is the concern levels going up or is you, you think that maybe the ADP will drop a little bit and then it'll be uh, creating a value for him. That's one's tough. Like you have to consider their, their best player with the ball in his hands is the quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um, so that's already kind of, limiting the upside of Dobbins and but at the same time Drake could be just being brought in as you know insurance for Gus Edwards as RB2 like Kenyon Drake hasn't shown lately that he has the the ability to handle uh you know heavy amounts of touches so I guess if I had to pick one side or the other I would say I'm not too worried but at the same time you're, you're absolutely right Dobbins uh, been out of the lineup here in the preseason, so it's hard to say. I think where he's going in drafts is probably where he should be going. This one, this piece of news helps me out a little bit for my conversation. It's going to happen in, in a little bit, but the Dolphins released running back Sony Michelle, uh, who's kind of been bouncing around from team to team now. 
Uh, he found himself signing with the Dolphins during the offseason uh, and did not make the 53-man roster. Uh, other cuts along those lines as well was the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Tyler Johnson. Uh, he was like kind of a dynasty darling for a lot of people for a little bit with high expectations after Antonio Brown left. Tyler Johnson was a, was a pretty, pretty popular pickup in redraft leagues last year and uh, unfortunately put up a goose egg for a couple people's rosters. I think Zach's included, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know it definitely put up a goose egg for my dynasty team too, but uh, so he did not make the 53-man roster for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Bills wave tight end OJ Howard. This one I think is kind of sneaky news if you're a Dawson Knox fan late around tight end uh, because people are a little bit concerned that OJ Howard might be eating into that a little bit. Uh, but if you were a Howard, or sorry, if you were a Knox truther, I think this one's going to help you out quite a bit. Um, and then this one, I was going to put the sad music on in the background if Armin was joining us in time, but unfortunately he hasn't quite made it. Uh, Colts waved Tyson Williams. He was one of, if, you, if you're with us last year, you'll remember how much uh, Armin loved Tyson Williams with Baltimore Ravens and they ended up getting rid of him. And now the Colts have done the same too. So uh, that's uh, an unfortunate one for Armin. And then last one, uh, Deontay Johnson, who was one of my my guys last year, so perfectly timed for this episode, uh, went down after an unbelievable catch, tweaking his shoulder, left the game, and then everybody was a little bit concerned about that. Um, but they let Tomlinson ended up coming out later on and saying, you know, if it was a regular season game, he would have been back in. It's fine. It's just a little bit of a stinger. So I know I, we were doing our draft, and I was sitting there in the position. I'm like, oh, my goodness, Terry McLaurin or Deontay Johnson. Um, kind of was like, I need a receiver. Those are two names I was targeting. And then this news was like, oh, I can't take Deontay, can't take Deontay. And then literally the, it couldn't have been like seconds before my pick, the Tomlinson statement came out. So, you know, it's not bad. It's just a little bit of a stinger. He'll, he'll be good to go week one. Like, oh, perfect. Kate. Okay, well, here we go. So I ended up taking uh, Deontay, but um, anything else you want to talk about? I know we, that's a little bit longer insiders and headliners, but there was just a lot to cover in a short period of time. Any, anything you want to add, Zach? No, uh, if we missed anything, it's only because like you said, uh, every team cut 30 guys today. So easy to miss something. <laughs> exactly. Probably pretty irrelevant. Um, you know, what's not irrelevant though, making sure that you're going to use the promo code 306 FFB 15 on checkout at your next 22 fresh per purchase. Uh, it's 15% off for you at listener at home, just because you like the 306 fantasy football podcast. Uh, they are about to drop. Well, they're in the process of dropping their fall collection uh, they've got their hockey collection. I've mentioned that a few times. And then there's some deals on some of their summer collection already uh, as well. So when you're going on to 22fresh.com uh, or you're in their location, store locations in Regina or Saskatoon, make sure that you utilize the promo code 306FFB15 to get 15% off checkout. Our partnership with 22Fresh helps your partnership with us at home as well. So thank you very much, 22Fresh. Uh, for being our major sponsor of the 2022-2023 NFL season. Have you seen the new uh, the new hoodies they have? Yeah. With just like the stitch, or not the stitch, the screen printed 22 fresh across the chest. It's pretty sharp, eh? That, uh, that like aquamarine green they have is like sweet. I'm just fingers crossing we might get some of this new stuff for our, for some of the uh, sponsorship for the, for the fans at home through our charity league and the Super Bowl stuff, because that new fall collection is pretty nice. Yeah, then they have that olive green too. Like, it's, I like all the colors. Yeah, Zach's <laughs> all in here on Twenty Two Fresh. <laughs> yeah. He's all in. Actually, your school was using Twenty Two Fresh too for a bit, wasn't? Weren't they? 
Oh, I don't know about that. Or was no, you guys were the TM2, right? Yeah, yeah, we use that company. Yeah. Yeah, they got they're some, great too. Unofficial yeah, sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag not a sponsor, but they got nice stuff too. Little, Absolutely. Little <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got two things to take care of. We got the 306 certified my guys, and then we also have the uh the league awards division winners, bold predictions, whatever we call that there too. So um, Zach and I are going to go through ours. We're hoping that Armin's going to jump on board here. If he doesn't, that's fine. We can just list his off as well. We're going to post it on social media, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of introduce the concept first and then I'll let Zach take care of his first one here. So the idea of a 306 certified my guy is guys that we really want to leave the draft with guys that we're excited about guys we want on our team and guys that we think can make that big next step that based on their ADP could help you win your leagues at home. So they're guys that we truly, truly believe in. Uh, so that's why we're calling them the 306 Certified My Guys. So uh, Zach, without further ado, do you want to introduce your first player? Yeah, so I, I don't think we talked about this, uh, you and I, but I just kind of put them as I saw them. I don't think this is necessarily my number one, my guy, but I do yeah. really like him. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, young, young guy, only 23 years old, coming into his second year in the league with the Dolphins. Uh, last year, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say he was the number one receiver in Miami there. This year, probably taking a little bit of a back seat, uh, maybe just on name recognition uh, to Tyreek Hill. But I think that's going to be playing to uh, Jalen's favor, uh, whereas the number one corner will be at least likely on uh, Tyreek's side of the field and they can use Waddle on the other side to create mismatches. Um, really like what he can do with the ball in his hands, get the ball uh, to him quickly, either at the line of scrimmage or downfield and let him uh, make plays. Last year in his rookie campaign, he put up, uh, let's see here, 104 receptions, uh, just over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. Uh, that's very impressive for a rookie receiver. Uh, but this was a rookie receiver that was receiving number one coverage. Now that uh, he won't be getting that kind of coverage, I think the sky is the limit. And uh, last year showed that a lot of the guys that were drafted as wide receiver twos, uh, T. Higgins, Cooper Cup, those guys really exceeded uh, their ADP, ADP, pardon me, and performed as wide receiver ones. And I think Waddle has that same potential this year, where at this time next year, we might be saying, okay, Waddle's the number one and, and Hill's the number two. The thing I like about Waddle too is, if you sit in and you ask yourself this question, if Tyreek Hill did not show up, where would his ADP be? And you could argue right where Tyreek's ADP is, like right in that like second round, maybe the third round. Like and that's, I think he'd be going rounds ahead of where he's going now. Oh yeah, and then all you throw Tyreek in the mix, and I like that one of your arguments is that Tyreek's going to benefit him. It's kind of like the T Higgins situation, you know, like Jamar Chase is going to get the primary coverage, and then T Higgins is going to be there to clean up. It's kind of that similar situation, and I think that T Higgins is getting a significant lot more love in the draft community than you're talking here with Jalen Waddle, and I see them very very similarly. We've talked we've talked about Tyreek extensively on the podcast the last little bit primarily because we made a big trade um well I made a big trade about that and that's something we discussed quite a bit uh but I think Jalen Waddle we talked about you know was one of the premier rookie wide receivers had one of literally the best 
rookie wide receiver season you can have. And he's just kind of getting slept on a little bit. And I, I, I think it takes a lot of courage to make this pick because I think that's, it's a scary pick, but at the same time, the ADP is where, like we talked about, it's creating that built-in value where he just, I think you're drafting him at his floor. That's, that's the honest truth, but it's, it's a scary pick for a lot of those, you know, part, I'll call them the part-time fantasy people at home. And like, look where he's going in drafts. He's going as the, on, on fantasy pros, he's going as wide receiver number 16, which is one spot ahead of Mike Williams, who, very similar spot, uh, the younger receiver to a more established veteran, uh, Hill in Miami and, and Allen uh, with the Chargers. It's going two spots ahead, McLaurin, who I think we both can agree that McLaurin's a good receiver. But, you know, looking at his quarterback, that could give you pause for concern. Uh, DK Metcalf. Um, yeah, you want to talk about quarterback issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, three, four spots ahead of Cortland Sutton, who's again, very similar spot with, uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, and then it's like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Gabe Davis, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, Darnell Mooney, like give me Waddle before all of those guys. Well, this couldn't have been any better timing. We're literally just wrapping up Zach's first, um, SAS certified my guy and, and Armin is in the house now, fresh from a warm football practice. Armin, uh, you ready to start talking some fantasy football here after a long day at the field or what? Yeah, let's uh, let's get at her and get her done here. Um, yeah, I'm just forgive me if I'm a little scattered because, like Jordan said, coming in straight from a football practice here, but uh, I'll do my best to stay on point. Right on. Well, uh, Zach literally just finished talking about Jalen Waddle, so we might as well tee you up for uh, for your first 306 certified my guy. So let's hear it. All right. My first uh, certified my guy is AJ Dillon. All right. So he right now is being drafted at an ADP of 52, running back 23 off the board and half PPR. Um, I think that value is great considering um, they're talking 1A, 1A there in Green Bay and Aaron Jones is going way up in the RB1 category there or as an RB1, um, low-end RB1, but still RB1 area um, at RB10 off the board. So he's just making that cut there. Um, and so if they are slated to make similar production and have similar impact on that offense, um, I think that's, that's the better guy to own in that backfield. And then you look at, uh, he was targeted 37 times last year. He's showing that he can be a presence in the passing game. And every year they're getting more and more faith with him in the passing game. Um, so he's not just a two down back that he was, uh, everyone was expecting him to be coming out of college. He is a guy who can play in all three downs. Um, and he is a beast between the tackles. And I think great value where he's sitting. So this two parts here. One, I think this comes to a shock to absolutely nobody. That's <laughs> you're my guys. Uh, two, the thing I like about Dylan uh, is that he's got that built, and I'm going to call Alexander Madison value, where if, you know, he costs you next to nothing, but he has value in himself. But if Cook goes down, his value absolutely skyrockets. And it's going to be the exact same where if Jones goes down, he's not only the guy, he's the only guy. So he's going to get the entire work that's been kind of split between the two. 
Um, so I, I like that in Dylan as well, that the fact that like you call it the one, a one, a, like he's obviously the one B in the scenario where in, in drafters minds, you know, there's the one as Jones yeah. going in, in the third round. And he's obviously in the eyes of the fantasy community. He's the one B going in. What is he? The seventh round you mentioned Armin or the sixth round. Uh, he's 52 off the board. So maybe more like fourth, fifth round now. Be going. Like he is starting to climb. But I mean, if you're getting the exact same value at a three or three round discount, that's that's something that you're going to want to target. And, and everybody, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you know how much Armin loves AJ Dillon. <laughs> yeah. See, I think his floor of possibilities is where he's being drafted. And I think he he does have that chance to outplay that ADP, right? Um, I'm not on here saying that, and maybe this will be a nice cold hot take down the line, but that he's going to be a RB1 on the season or be but he he has that chance to be a league winner and especially like you said if joe's go down goes down um watch out right if jones goes down i think it's pretty likely he becomes an rb1 just just based yeah. on what's going to have to happen for for green bay to find success yeah um i'm going to introduce my first my guy here and this one same as armin's if you listen to the podcast it comes to the no surprise <laughs> my first one's going to be mike williams the wide receiver from the los angeles chargers uh, if you listen to my hot take about four or five episodes ago, I talked about how I, I thought Justin Herbert's going to take that big next step and he's going to be the quarterback one on the season. Uh, so for that to happen, obviously he's going to need to get a lot of passing yards and touchdowns. And uh, Mike Williams is going to be the person to do that uh, with an ADP of 43.7 going as the wide receiver 18. He is being drafted substantially outside of where he was last year. And he didn't even have the massive touchdown production he has had in the past. If you even give him the mean of where he was at touchdowns for his major seasons, he would have been somewhere around the uh, wide receiver five or six. Still, he was a wide receiver one last year, but he would have been in the talks as one of the premier uh, running or, pre or premier wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, he's in an offense and a lot of these conversations, a lot of these pieces I'm going to give you is a lot of stuff I've talked about already. He's in an offense that gambles on fourth down a lot, which I really, really like. And they take a lot of gambles and shots in the end zone, in the red zone. He's a big play guy. He's a big body guy. And he comes down with big catches. But the only problem with Mike Williams is he is susceptible to injuries, which we have seen in the past. But we've seen seasons where he's been healthy and he's put up incredibly major numbers. And I think last year is something that's going to hint towards this year that he has taken over that 1A role. Uh, where we've seen Keenan Allen be a huge target monster uh, in the past, but he is <laughs> definitely getting older in age. Uh, we've seen him start losing a step. He still gets targeted a ton, but Mike Williams is, uh, is going to be the primary point of this offense. And if you believe in the Chargers offense like I do, then you're going to believe in Mike Williams. And a lot of the similar conversation I'm talking about Mike Williams is what Zach mentioned about Jalen Waddle in that draft area where there's certain players that are being drafted around him that I think are getting drafted that maybe they're ceiling or that are getting drafted around just, you know, they're very average where Mike Williams is getting, uh, I think a significant discount and people are disregarding a lot of what happened in the off season last year. Now, my last point about my, why I really like Mike Williams is what there's a natural phenomenon that happens in fantasy football. If a player has an incredible start to the season, but a, a rough back end, people the following season want to dismiss it and push it and he'll fall in ADP. But if he has a terrible start to the season, but a huge finish, 
people want to raise them in ADP. A perfect example is another guy I like is Amonra St. Brown. Had a terrible start to season. That's going to happen as a rookie, but then has a huge, huge, huge back end. And his ADP has skyrocketed into the fifth round where he is being drafted in a very similar situation as Mike Williams, who had a slower back end. Uh, I think his first seven weeks, he was like wide receiver two on the season or wide receiver three. And the back seven, uh, he had some really, really bad weeks and then a couple sprinkle in good ones where he had no, nowhere near the start. Uh, so that's kind of why he's sitting in that fourth, fifth round ADP. So I'm all over Mike Williams this year. I think he is a guy with significant upside attached to a premier offense, and I'm all about it. Um, Zach, you want to show us your second one? I like that you got this in here before Armin did because uh, I knew Armin <laughs> wanted to talk about this one too. So maybe maybe you guys can twofold this one. Yeah, sure. We'll cut down on some time here. So my second, uh, my guy would be Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Broncos, uh, currently coming in with an ADP of 50. Uh, so just under what Waddell was at 47. Um, I believe that puts him at like wide receiver, I don't know, 18 or 19 um, right now coming off the board. Um, and the reason I like Sutton is because last year he had a pretty average year with uh, below average quarterback play, getting him the ball. Uh, but he still managed to put up 58 receptions and 776 yards. Um, the year before, uh, played in one game and he missed the rest, but going back to his second year in the league, uh, that is where we saw what could be considered his true potential, um, where he had 72 receptions and just over 1100 yards through the air with six touchdowns. Uh, that was in 2019 and he's had a rough two years since then with injuries and quarterback play. And now all things are pointing in the right, right direction for him now in Denver with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Um, I am expecting this to be a year similar to 2019, uh, knowing that Russ does like to throw the ball. Uh, Sutton is more of a downfield threat than Judy. Judy may put up more receptions than Sutton. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But I would be very surprised if Judy had more yards than Sutton. Um, Sutton's big frame does also bode well, I think, uh, in the red zone, much more so than Judy's would. And overall, the, the receivers in Denver are facing what uh, Fantasy Pros at least deems as a very easy strength of schedule for wide receivers. So I think all uh, signs are pointing in the right direction for Sutton. And much like what I said with um, with Waddle, uh, the guys that being the guys that are being drafted around him, I prefer much more to him. Uh, I do like St. Brown, who's going right after Sutton, but Gabe Davis, like, come on, like, we don't know at all what to expect. If you're expecting the kind of game that you saw in the AFC Championship game, obviously you're fooling yourself. Uh, Brandon Cooks, steady Eddie, but. Nothing to write home about. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you know, he might get up 200 targets because who else is going to get the ball in Chicago? But uh, I'd take Sutton before him. Uh, Hollywood Brown, he might be in prison before we know it if he gets any more speeding tickets. Uh, like Michael Tom, like Michael Thomas is like two sneezes away from pulling his back. Amari Cooper, good luck with Jacoby Brissett. Like, who knows, right? Give me Sutton before those guys. 
Oh, Zach, you're on a heater. I love it. Oh, that's good stuff. Right now, so Armin's going to pipe in here because his one of his my guys is attached to uh, Zach's my guys as well. But one of my favorite bets right now, if, if you're a better at home and you're on DraftKings or if you're on, um, I think it's on, oh my goodness, uh, Underdog also has prop bets. Right now, it's a five and a half touchdowns right now is the prop bet for Cortland Sutton. And I'm hammering the over. The only reason I don't think he gets five and a half touchdowns is if he gets hurt. Like, to me, that just seems like a lock. So if you're a better yeah. home, like Zach would say, put it all on black right there. Put <laughs> it on black. Yeah. Armin, you want to talk about your my guy that is associated with Zach's my guy that he slightly beats you to the punch? Yeah. So, uh it ended up causing me to to write in because I wanted Sutton as my guy, as my own my guy. So I give Zach two thumbs up for this one. Um, so I wrote in the our uh, our notes here the Russ Sutton stack, um, and I think specifically that is a is an awesome strategy. We've talked about stacks um, before in the league, and it is a nice stack that you can get on the cheap pretty well. Um, whereas if you want to get a stack somewhere else, you're, you're, you might be reaching for guys and trying to really be aggressive to get them. Whereas the, the Sutton Russ stack, um, you can kind of wait, you can take your, your guys that you like in the earlier rounds and still get the Russ Sutton stack, which I really think is awesome. Cause Russ is right now ADP of 78, but more importantly, if you look at where he's coming off the QB board as QB nine, so you can watch some of the high end guys go and and still get russ who throughout the years has been a very reliable fantasy asset um i know we've talked about in the past that he drops off a little bit sometimes during playoff time but um i think this is league winning potential especially in the new system in denver where it seems like everybody's super excited about russ um and what he can do for this organization because just last year we were talking about how Denver is just a QB away from being a Super Bowl contender. And I'll talk a little bit about that when we go to league awards and division winners, but um, you add Russ to that and that's exactly what we were talking that they need. So you got to expect that Russ is going to have a, a season to, to remember here and, and to get him at QB nine um, and be able to stack him a Sutton is, is awesome. Yeah, that's I I like Sutton Lock too. I didn't I'm not making him my guy by any stretch. There's just a few guys I like more, but um I mean Cortland Sutton, I'm I'm all in for you guys as well too. I mean I think we've gone as far as calling him the next Cooper Cup on the pod here a couple times. So I mean uh I, I'm in on it with you guys as well too. Uh, my next my guy, I'm pretty sure I just I I mentioned both of these guys I think on our last episode. So talking about how they're my favorite one two punch to go to in, in the draft in that five seven spot. Uh, but this is an RB that what he's starting to climb up the draft boards a little bit right now. Uh, but before he was being drafted as the RB 35, there's not even 35 NFL teams, uh, but he has climbed to the RB 32. So at least now he's on pace for one RB per, per NFL team. Uh, and that's Chase Edmonds, the running back of the Miami Dolphins. And we're gaining a little clarity, like I mentioned previously now with, uh, another running back being cut from the depth chart. We've uh, removed Sony Michelle. So now it's kind of getting a little more clear. So I think his ADP is going to climb a little bit more if you're drafting this upcoming weekend. Uh, but he is ADP is 85 overall RB 32. And this was a guy that uh, Armin uses this phrase a ton. And it's super, super important here. Follow the money. 
he was one of, if not the very first person signed during free agent period. And he got paid a ton of money by Miami. And he fits that zone read blocking scheme that Miami likes to run. He's a good pass catching back. And he also is not only efficient, but he's taken care of the ball and been super good for fantasy when he's gotten his opportunities. Looking back at some of his numbers before James Conner, uh, he had a 12.6 finish, 10, 11, 15, 9. Then he had a bit of a drop, got injured, 14, 4. Then he had that missed that big stretch due to injury. And then he finished the season with a 22.7 and a 10.7. So we've seen really good finishes with Chase Edmonds by himself and with James Conner. And um, we found value last year through running backs and wide receivers in murky situations. And that's why his ADP is where it's at. You can get him in seventh, eighth, sometimes ninth round. Like I said, I think it's going to start creeping up a little bit, but he misses that RB dead zone we've talked about in the past where it creates a nice built-in value where if he is the guy, he's a slam dunk draft pick. And I foresee that being the case, especially if you're in any sort of PPR format, it's just added value because he's an incredible pass catching back. Uh, follow the money. Zach's already talked about that Miami offense already taking that big step forward. And if you remember Tua at all in the past, Tua likes to just check the ball down and get the ball in his hands quick. So that really helps with those pass catching RBs. So I'm all over. Uh, I'm all over him in drafts. Um, I'm really, really choked that my keeper is in the past draft, which just happened to be in those rounds. So I couldn't get my hands on him in that, in that draft. But uh, I'm even looking at trying to pick him up in some dynasty leagues for trying to get him cheap. But I, uh, uh, I, I like him a lot. Zach, you want to tee up your last one? Everything. So my last, my guy, uh, you all knew it had to be a Patriot. And <laughs> I didn't want to just recite what I said last year about Jacoby Myers. Uh, so I went with Ramondre Stevenson, uh, who at least on the depth charts that you may be reading is RB2 in New England. Uh, but I think he has uh, the potential to be the running back one this year in New England. And he is going at a steal of a deal right now with an ADP of 87. So uh, a whole two picks behind uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, the reason I like Ramondre Stevenson is if you look at what's happened to the New England backfield in the past, let's say, month. Um, first, James White, who was hurt last year, uh, the receiving back for several years tried coming back but he ended up retiring and I think the Patriots kind of knew that was coming so over the in the offseason they signed uh Ty Montgomery and over the weekend Montgomery got hurt and seemed like a pretty serious injury so Montgomery might be you know at least missing some games if not missing a large chunk of the season and that leaves the Patriots now after cut down day with Stevenson Harris and Pierre Strong. Up until last year, Belichick had never really given any responsibility or trust to a running back, let alone a, a rookie, sorry, a rookie running back, let alone a rookie running back that fumbled. And I think it was in like game one or game two of the season that Stevenson fumbled. And when that happened, I thought, well, see you never, buddy. It was nice knowing you. But uh, Belichick not only stuck with him, but he stuck with him to the tune of 600 yards on the ground and 100 through the air, which might not seem like a lot, but considering how the Patriots offense 
functions, I think he got a pretty large chunk of the pie. And I think he could get more uh, play this year, considering the loss of White and Montgomery and the Patriots need, needing to fill a pass-catching running back role. Um, I think that fits Stevenson's skill set a lot more than it does Damian Harris's skill set. Uh, also, the, the Patriots are at least trying to transition to more of a zone scheme, an outside zone scheme. And I think that really fits uh, Stevenson's uh, skills and athleticism more than it does Harris. So I would not be surprised if at the end of the year, uh, Stevenson is putting up over a thousand yards close to, let's say, 250, 300 receiving yards and maybe cumulatively, let's say 10 touchdowns. Like, I think this guy has real breakout potential. So, yeah, that's my, maybe my number one, my guy for this year, Ramondre Stevenson. He looked really good in the red zone last year too. Like he looked really good. There's a couple of times where it was just like, well, got to watch for him next year. Cause that was pretty nice. And he, um, how, how mad were you that he went like one pick before you in the, in our last draft? Well, see, I, I was just checking where he went. Cause I thought he went a little bit early, but he did. Go um, early. He did, but I took, like, I could have, I could have had him in the seventh, but I took Pierce who was somebody that I had targeted. So like what, like, I can't be mad that I had the, the chance to take him, but. Yeah. And then Armin's buddy ended up sneaking him and he called us. He's like, yeah, what do you think of this pick? I only picked him cause I knew him. <laughs> what do you think of this guy he's got an an h right after the r in his first name that's, yeah, it's that's wild, pretty crazy yeah wild <laughs> name i want him on my team yeah. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of armin you want to do your final my guy here armin oh yeah and and yeah my buddy he, he listens to the pod here and so he'll hear about this and yeah before we started drafting he was talking about like yeah i, I only really know the guys that i've had on my teams before and then, yeah, he drafts him, and Zorn and I are like, how does he know about him? Like, what the heck? This is. I was hoping to get him on the way back. I was like, that's a good pick. That's a really yeah, good pick. We're like, what the heck? And then include in, oh, yeah, he had him last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My last guy here um, is Juju Smith-Schuster from Kansas City, wide receiver. Um, his ADP is 69 right now, his wide receiver 28. And you know what? Um, as much as we've been like trying to find the guy in Kansas City, and we, we've talked about him, some like some of us are more. Uh, it's going to be a some of its parts, but um, I'm thinking, you know, even if Juju doesn't do what Tyree Kill did, um, he can outperform that ADP easily um, just by doing um, replacing most of it, like doing like 75 percent of what Hill did. Um, he could he could end up in that wide receiver too. And would you guys say that like in his range of outcomes, it could be possible he makes it to wide receiver one on the seat or not the wide receiver one, but as a wide receiver one? It is possible, yeah. Yeah, possible. Yeah. yeah, so to have a guy being drafted at the top end of the wide receiver threes, but a wide receiver three um, and his range of outcomes has wide receiver one potential in it, I think that's a pretty good pretty good take to to have and if he ends up being your wide receiver three you didn't take a huge risk on him drafting him that low but um he should outperform that adp 
I'm I'm concerned about his knees. I know we had this conversation a little bit there, Armin, when we were drafting, yeah. just about getting his knees drained constantly. I'm I'm a little bit concerned, especially if I owned him in Dynasty. I think I'd be a little bit concerned. But this yeah. season's gonna be real telling. Like, if he can withstand the whole season with Patrick Mahomes, then it, there's there's the value. Like there there's the value right there. And yeah, and we've seen him have good seasons. Balance, you know, yeah, we've seen him have good seasons with worse quarterback play and in, in a worse offense, right? So. Um, we're we're hoping to see one of the better juju seasons yeah hopefully um i'm gonna wrap up the my guys here and this one this one i'm is one of my favorite picks but i'm also a little bit concerned about it because his adp is rising a little bit but i think he's still a smash and um like his adp was going around like the 15 16 rb off the board it's it's already creeped up to rb 13 now which is some of the news that's come out in the last well, week and a half um and i've had an infatuation with him last year i think right in the offseason i called him a my guy immediately and and that's javante williams the, the running back from the denver broncos uh last year he finished as the rb 17 um averaging 10.87 uh points a game and that was with completely down the middle splitting the load with uh, melvin gordon they came out melvin gordon was a free agent forever uh javante williams was adp was through the roof while melvin gordon was a free agent there was even a lot of people talking about that um javante williams could be literally the third pick in redraft behind christian mccaffrey and behind jonathan taylor and then when they signed Melvin Gordon, his ADP started plummeting again, just based off concern. And I am going to jump on that concern because Melvin Gordon is already dealing with an injury. Uh, he's dealing with a foot injury. Um, they signed him. The, the team likes him, but they've already come out and said that they want Javante to be the one. Even Melvin Gordon came out and said the team, the organization wants Javante to be the one. And he is an incredibly good running back with incredibly good passing ability. And he is super explosive. I mean, you've seen him last year. He ended up having uh, a couple opportunities without Melvin Gordon in, on the team uh, due to injury, 18.6, 24.8, 20.8. And then Melvin Gordon comes back, it's 10.9, okay? Uh, I think there's an opportunity that you can scoop up Javante as the RB13. And I think it is RB13 and it is the ADP 20.7. So you're kind of getting him. Uh, towards the back end of the second I've seen him even slip towards like the very end of the second and that is just incredible value for a guy that legitimately could be RB1 on the season he has that type of a capability he has that type of ability and skill level it's just Melvin Gordon is lingering in the back of the minds of everybody don't forget before Melvin Gordon signed there he could have been number three off the board in redraft formats and you're getting him now at a full round, almost two round discount. So I'm all over him. I love him. I think he's incredibly talented. I try to get him in all the dynasty leagues I possibly could before that little mini breakout. Um, I, I'm, all, I'm all about it and I'm, I'm really happy to have him as my guy this year. And apparently we really, really like the Denver offense <laughs> this upcoming season. So uh, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. I think we've got the quarterback wide receiver and now running back as my <laughs> guys. So it'll be super interesting to come back and see if they all three hit. Uh, and it's definitely plausible because I mean, obviously Russ has got to throw it to Javante to get those uh, half point PPR stats up too. So uh, I'm all about it. Well, and you know what, like we didn't talk about Jerry Judy either and he could very well be the Cooper cup instead of Sutton. Right. Yeah. So 
even if you miss out on Sutton, don't be scared to draft Jerry Judy just in case because he's an even lower ADP than Sutton. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Ice cold hot take time. We're going to be going through some bold uh, bold predictions to wrap this up. A little bit of a rapid fire style. We're going to go in there, maybe a couple comments here and there, but we'll wrap it up with, uh, with some uh, hot takes. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby. I'm on fire! All right. Uh, we'll start with the division winners. Uh, in order, we'll go Armin, Zach, then myself. Uh, NFC North, uh, who are you taking to win the division, Armin? I have a homer pick, and I did it last <laughs> year. But you know what? I believe it more this year than I did last year. The Vikings to pick win the NFC North this year. Um, that new offense that they got going, um, their wide receivers are looking awesome. Great tight end, great offensive weapons in their defense. Hopefully it, it'll be tough for them to be as bad as they were last year in, on defense. And you also look at how many close games they were in last year that they lost. Um, so if they can translate some of those into to wins this season, um, it's definitely, there's a path to them being the NFC North champs. Yeah, you're a homer. For those, I should have said the NFC North. We got uh, the Bears, Lions, Packers, and we also have the Vikings. Uh, uh, Zach, who are you taking here? Uh, that was a much more rational uh, thought process than what I have. I picked the Vikings <laughs> only because, uh, like, the Lions are the Lions. Sorry, uh, Chicago. I have no faith in them, and I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a bum. <laughs> So, process of elimination. You You sound like a Vikings fan. But he played a game on, like, Percocet or something like that. Uh, He's such a loser. Moving on. (laughs) Well, talking about that loser, that's that's who I'm picking to win the division. I don't want to bet against Rodgers and the Packers. They just always find a way to pull it out, even though this is probably one of the worst Green Bay teams that they've rostered in years that I can remember. I just don't want to bet against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I'm going to take the Packers to win the NFC North. Uh, and NFC South here, uh, we've got NFC South. We got the Falcons, Carolina. We got uh, the Saints, and we also have uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Who are you taking there, Armin? Oh wait, we went. Oh, never mind. I skipped one of the columns. Oh yeah, yeah. I got uh, the Buccaneers for the NFC South here. Um, it's. Uh, Kind of hard to argue with them. Kind of going with Zach with the NFC North uh, with that trend of um, Carolina is uh, not not very good. Um, And then uh, you got Atlanta, who's in transition. New Orleans, who's no who knows what's going on there. So the Buccaneers are really the only team with any consistency on their uh, roster there, and with it and should run away with this division, really. Zach, where'd you go? So I went with the Buccaneers as well. Um, but it was it was a lot closer than I think what Armand uh, said. Like, I was I was actually split on the Saints. Yeah. Um, I think the Saints could be very good this year. Um, I think they could be like a dark horse kind of in the NFC. Uh, but I, I did go with the Buccaneers. Uh, for me, it's always hard to pick against Tom Brady. But like we talked about earlier, this is certainly – I would say the weakest or most unpredictable uh, Buccaneers roster that he's been a part of. So if there was a year, I think that uh, the Bucs could be unseated, it would be this year. And I would pick the Saints to do it. But 
because I had to pick, I, I picked the Bucks. I'm the exact same as Zach. I actually wrote down the Saints first and then chicken <laughs> to the Bucks. I, I I think the Saints offense is going to be kind of sneaky good, especially with the Kamara uh, suspension kind of being what seems going to be pushed to next year. So I, I think they're going to be sneaky good, and uh, I, I chickened out. So if if Saints win, I'm a coward, uh, but I went I went Bucks. <laughs> um next we got uh which one we got coming up next year we've got the nfc east which the nfc east is the dallas cowboys the giants the eagles and we also have the newly named commanders armin where'd you go i ended up going with the uh the philadelphia eagles for this one um for me this was a no-brainer between the cowboys and the eagles um, the Giants and Commanders just they're not not quite at that uh, level that those other two teams are and I think Philly's got just the better roster overall um, to, to make it happen um, Dallas might be more uh, sexy fantasy wise usually but you know what the Eagles are, are coming for them this year Zach I went with the Eagles as well um, I think that offense could be scary good uh, and I am a little bit worried about the the Cowboys offense, at least initially, uh, until Gallup is back up and running. Uh, I went with the Cowboys just in a sense that um, I, I like their defense a lot. And I think their offense is going to be taking a bit of a step forward. I know they did just lose a pretty key offensive lineman. Uh, but I just like the Cowboys in this situation, and I, I like the offense taking a step forward, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. But I'm with Armin. That is just a two-horse race in this one for sure. Uh, last in the NFC, we have the NFC West, which I would argue is one of the most competitive divisions, not only in the NFC but the NFL period. We've got the, uh, we've got the Rams, we've got the 49ers, we've got the Seahawks, and we also have the Cardinals. Uh, Armin, where are you going? I am going with the Rams on this one. I really wanted to pick someone else because it would be hot, a hot take, and nobody's betting against the Rams right now, it seems. Um, they're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, and a lot of people are thinking they will repeat. Um, and so it's just it's tough not to go against them. And I didn't see Arizona being good enough yet. And San Francisco with Trey Lance now at the helm, you never know what's going to happen in that with that season for them. And then Seattle, no rust, so. Zach? Yeah, like Armin said, um, this uh, this division without, uh, without stability there in San Fran, um, I think it really swings in the Rams' favor. So, the Rams. Um, I will say Matthew Stafford, so I'm going with the Rams, <laughs> plain and simple. Uh, transitioning to the AFC, we'll start with the AFC North. Uh, we have the AFC North, Baltimore Ravens. We have the Bengals. We have the Browns and the Steelers. Armand, where are you going? Okay, this is the one where I go off of you guys for, for a change finally. And I went with the Ravens. Um, I think they're going to take it back this division. Last year, they were so depleted. Everyone's down on them right now um, because of how they finished last year. But, man, that roster was just gone through the ringer last year so i think this year they're they're coming back with a vengeance and they're healthy as of right now so i think they got this division on lock zach i went with the Bengals. um i did think about the ravens but i looking at that offense i, I do think there is uh some to be desired there with losing hollywood browning and counting on bateman to step up and be that number one target or the number one receiver 
uh, considering Andrews their number one target and, and the uncertainty in the run game. I uh, I think it was Cincinnati. Yeah, for those exact reasons, I, I did old Zach just just the same as I did on his draft board on on Sunday night. I'm doing a lot of his picks here too. I'm going I'm going with Cincinnati as well. Um, going into the AFC South, uh, this one is also I think uh, I, I, there's gonna be a couple dark horses in this one too. But I'm curious to see what you guys think. We got the Texans, we got the Colts, we got the Titans, and we also have the Jags. Armand. All right. Sorry, I was looking down. I'm drafting in a league right now too. So, <laughs> uh, for this division, I uh, I picked the Colts to win it. Um, I think uh, Tennessee has has the chance to to upset them here. They've won the division the last few years, but the Colts want it, and I think they're going to want it more than anyone else in the division. And just because of that want and desire to to win the division this year, I think they're going to pull it out. Zach. Yeah, I think the Colts have the best offense in that division. Um, Jaguars, Texans aren't putting up much of a fight. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty in a lot of areas there on the Titans offense. So with the Colts. Yeah, that's a clean sweep for exactly what uh, Armand and Zach had said. But I don't have to add too much to this conversation because they're helping me out here. Uh, going to the next one, we got the AFC East. And I think this one is easy as it gets. We got uh, we got the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. We got the Pats and the Jets. Fellas, is anybody going away from Buffalo here? No, no but I would love to see Miami win it. I yeah, Zach. I dis. I think he disagrees on that one. But I look. would love to see the Patriots win it. <laughs> Bills across the board on that one. And in our last division here, we got the AFC West. This one I think is the most competitive division in the NFL. We got the Denver Broncos, the Chiefs the Chargers, and we got the Raiders. Uh, Armin, who are you taking? Um, you know, this one I got to double down on what we've been saying about Denver just needing a QB to get over the hump, and I am saying the Denver Broncos are going to win this division. Um, they have a complete roster. Defense is strong. Offense is strong. They're, they're a complete team, and they're ready to, to take a run at it here. Zach? I took the Chiefs, and uh... – this was a tough one because all four of the teams are, are very competitive, but uh, Denver, new quarterback, new head coach, that gave me some pause. Same with the Raiders, and it's hard to bet against Mahomes. So even without Hill, I'll go with the Chiefs. And I took the Chargers. So this is the first one I think we all went different. Um, I, I like the Chargers a lot in fantasy, and I think the NFL as well too. They just missed the playoffs by one really boneheaded decision uh, to go into overtime there. Um, but I think that the, the chargers are a team that is really looks really strong on defense and strong on offense. And I think people are being slept on a little bit. Um, they, they looked really good last year. And now with a very competitive division, I think people are kind of concerned on making that bet just because they did miss the playoffs and they didn't make a real splashy move like Denver did, but they do have a really, really strong team. Uh, and I, I like the chargers a lot, uh, this upcoming season. Okay, we got uh, four remaining, and this is the one where there's just, I think, such a range of outcomes, and this is where we we took some swings and a few misses, but we took a couple big hits last year. I'll humble brag. I picked the Super Bowl champion, so thank you very much. I'll try and go back-to-back repeat on that one, but uh, we got the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, now, this one, I think it's going to be like we – last year it seemed like a quarterback was just going to smash that one no problem, and that was going to be the quarterback award, but – uh, this year, I think that might be a little unlikely, but uh, Armin, Armin seems to disagree. Let's hear your offensive rookie of the year. 
Well, yeah, I decided to pick the QB that's most likely to do it. And um, he's got to win that starting job. But I think even if he doesn't have it right off the hop this season, but he like takes over in like week five to like eight kind of area where there's like still plenty of games and he ends up saving the Steelers season or something or just going on a heater. Um, he definitely has it in the cards to to be the offensive of the offensive rookie of the year, even if he doesn't uh, doesn't have the starting job right off the bat. And that's why I picked him, because um, he does have the chance to steal it throughout the season, especially if Trubitsky, as we know in his history, he hasn't been the best player. And uh, yeah, so I think Kenny Pickett. Now it's my turn to pick in my draft. <laughs> yeah, you had a nice little uh, one-two punch in your turn there. Uh, Zach, who do you think is the rookie of the year? I thought this would be like super obvious. Um, I was the first of the three of us to put this in the docket and I can't believe I'm the only one. I took Brees Hall. Um, looking at the rookies uh, this year, um, Brees Hall is in a position uh, amongst the running backs as probably the only one that's in a, what I would consider to be a more or less unquestioned backfield. Um, in Seattle, you have Walker and Penny. Uh, I guess Pierce now in, in Houston. We just talked about him earlier. Uh, again, then you have guys like Algier in Atlanta, White in Vegas, White in uh, in Tampa. But I think I think this is you know Brees Hall's award to lose. Um, I could see very similar outcomes to to Harris last year to to Taylor two years ago where they just feed him the ball especially while uh Wilson's out so I think this was a was a no-brainer and honestly I'm quite surprised <laughs> you guys both went with other people I I wanted to go with what you said but I I just I have a feeling that we got we got a dark horse in the making here and you alluded to this already as well talking about the Saints offense and that's kind of where I'm going with it as well uh, we've seen Jamison absolutely pump out massive wide receiver one numbers. And I think that could be Chris Olave this season. Um, I think he's a sneaky guy to be able to step into a massive wide receiver one role as a rookie out of all the rookies that were drafted. I think he is the one that has the most opportunity right off the hop. Uh, and I think he has one of the better quarterbacks to be able to supply him the football right off the hop than other, um, than other players that were drafted as well. I really want to go with Brees Hall. I thought that was maybe the obvious pick, but I also thought that was the obvious pick with Najee last year. And I was obviously <laughs> wrong by not going to the wide receiver. So here I am going with the wide receiver. Um, I, I do think that offense is going to be sneaky good. And, um, and, I, and I do like Olave going forward this, this season. So I, I was, I was actually really, really upset. I didn't get him in our, in our keeper draft last weekend. So he's my rookie of the year. Um, the next one's the NFL MVP. And, uh, this one, I don't think we, any of us got it last year either, but we had a couple that were, uh, were definitely were, were in consideration, but, uh, Armin, who are you taking? You know, I, I thought about doubling down from last year and taking Lamar Jackson again this year, just because it's got to hit eventually again, but I decided to go with Russell Wilson. And I heard recently, you know, he, he hasn't had an MVP vote to his name yet in his career. And I think that is mighty sad. And if he is the reason that the Denver Broncos end up having a, a division winning season and making a push in for the playoffs there, 
um, you, you got to give it to him because he, he turned that uh, franchise around in, in one season there. Zach, who'd you take? I took Joe Burrow. Um, I, I think Joe Burrow uh, last year coming off the injury, uh, the ACL, he still put up top eight, sorry, top 10 numbers coming in at, you know, eight overall. Uh, but looking at his stats, you can look at his, uh, his completions and his attempts. They were near the bottom of those top 10 guys, uh, meaning that the other guys had a lot more uh, yardage to their names. Uh, but then you look at the, at the completion percentage where he's, you know, he is number one overall amongst the top 10 with a 70.4 uh, completion percentage. And when it comes to touchdowns through the air, he is very competitive with a number of guys that are ahead of him. He had 34. Uh, Prescott had 37. Rodgers had 37. Mahomes had 37. Uh, Herbert had 38. And Allen had 36. And correct me if I'm wrong, but none of those guys are coming off of uh, severe injuries with the exception of Prescott. So I think unless you count uh, Rogers, like COVID toe. So <laughs> like, I think, I think the sky's the limit right now for Burrow uh, looking at that offense, he may have uh, the best receiving room amongst those guys. So I think this could be a year where Burrow really steps into uh, his own and wins the MVP award. There also could be some recency bias with that as well, too, with coming bring off the Super Bowl and then coming off with a good season. You know, he, he's a fresh name in a lot of people's minds with that big finish he had last year. So there, there could be a little recency bias if he has another good season. And if he walks into every game in that damn fruit coat with a cigar and a bottle of Henny, it's <laughs> over. With the, <laughs> the black turtleneck and the Joe Burr ice got him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I, I like Armin's pick just because of the division uh, he's playing in where you're winning big games and big moments. And not to say that Joe Burrow can't do that in his division because I think he's going to have some big games against Lamar, uh, against a pretty good Pittsburgh defense, and then obviously against Cleveland. So who knows what happened? But though, if you win those big moment games and you have a huge performances, that's what I think is going to make you that big step forward, especially if you go on a good run um, that I think the Chargers are going to do. So I'm going with Justin Herbert. If you make if you win those big games against Russell Wilson twice in, in the year, you win those big games against Patrick Mahomes twice in the year, uh, and then obviously the you can't throw the Raiders away like they've got a pretty decent team as well too. Those are big games, and then they also have some uh, big games against other teams as well. Where he had a huge season last year, they did make the playoffs. But if he carries that team, makes it over the hump, takes in the playoffs, and wins those big games. I think that opens an opportunity for him to front run as the MVP to get them over the hump. Um, I've already talked about how I think Herbert can be the quarterback one for fantasy. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be MVP. We've seen John, uh, we've seen Allen be the QB one back to back seasons for fantasy football and and over two on MVPs. We both Zach and I thought he was going to win the MVP last year. Uh, that's a damn shame he didn't because that'd have been a tick in the in the column of uh, of celebration time for Zach and I, but. I do think Justin Herbert is in an opportunity that is going to showcase himself, not only for fantasy football, but for the NFL as well, if he can win those big games. Uh, Super Bowl matchup and Super Bowl champions. We might as well go back to back on these ones just uh, to keep it, keep it consistent there. Um, Armin, I know you kind of, you kind of hinted at this one, but do you want to take your Super Bowl matchup and your, and Super Bowl 57 champion? You betcha. Yeah, and I've been hinting at it, and I want to stay consistent with what we've been saying on the pod, you know, double down, 
put my money where my mouth is kind of attitude here because you know what what's life without consistency i, I don't know if that's a quote or anything <laughs> uh, but i'm going broncos and rams for the super bowl i really wanted to put someone else besides the rams in from the the nfc there but i just looking at it i'm like you know what like that roster is still complete it's still a dangerous offense and a great defense so um two complete teams playing in the super bowl and it should be a good slugfest there and then i'm picking the broncos to come out on top hungry russ bronco country that's yeah, really right. going on it um zach you want to take yours sure thing so uh similar to what armin said there uh i am taking the rams as i think we all are uh, to be in the Super Bowl, so and I have them going against the Bills. Um, I was tempted to take a team from the AFC West, but I think that division is just going to cannibalize itself. Um, they're going to beat each other up too much. So I took the Bills, who I had winning the Super Bowl last year, uh, going against the Rams in the Super Bowl. And as your Super Bowl 57 champs, I have the Rams coming out on top for the back-to-back championships. Uh, looking at that roster, they did lose uh, Vaughn Miller, and they did lose Andrew Whitworth, who I know I make the joke all the time. He is my dad's age. He's a very old man, um, but uh, still a very accomplished tackle. Uh, they did bring somebody else in uh, as a free agent, so I do think they did a good job of replacing the uh, departures they had. And I think the acquisition of Allen Robinson from everything I've heard uh, from different beat writers and people on Twitter, it sounds like he is a, uh, a an upgrade over uh, Bobby Trees or Odell. So I think that offense could be as good, if not better, this year than it was last year. I'm uh, so, okay, I, I hope. I really hope they do repeat because Matthew Stafford, I mean, I said that enough times because I got a sprinkle of Detroit talk, talk talking here. I haven't got that in a while, but I was just looking at the Super Bowl odds and I still find it so bizarre that the Kansas City Chiefs are still top three in the odds. Like he's, I mean, you guys have, you guys are all in on it, but I'm still got my hesitancy, but um, the bills at the first Tampa Bay, at second Kansas City, three Rams, Packers, Chargers, 49ers, Denver, Armin, I think you got the biggest reach out of all of us. Then Baltimore, Dallas, Bengals, Colts, they had the stretches out of it there. But I, I, I there's a couple shockers in there, but I'll, I'll get to mine regardless. Um, I really want this one to be right because I think this would be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the Super Bowl isn't in Los Angeles this year. It is in Arizona. Uh, so, you know, smart money would have said take Arizona because it's been back-to-back that the host team has won at home. So smart money might have been there for Arizona, but I'm going Rams versus Chargers. It'd be a lot of fun to see an LA-LA battle here. Uh, I think Rams just makes common sense for what uh, the other two have mentioned, but I obviously have been hyping up the Chargers a lot. Um, and I think this is just kind of their opportunity to take that step forward. And in the Super Bowl, I'm going to take the Chargers to win. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a dark horse pick. I thought it was a dark horse pick until I actually looked at the odds and they were the fourth off the board for in betting odds. But uh, um, I do like the Chargers, so I'm, I'm going to go there. You'd have a crisis having to pick between your boys, uh, Williams and uh, Stafford. 
Yeah, I think that's an easy Stafford pick, but if <laughs> I put money down on the Chargers to win right now at plus, what is it, 1,800, I think then I'd be maybe – Stafford's got his ring, okay? Let me win some money. That's maybe there, you go. there it goes. <laughs> um, anything to add to your fellas before you wrap this one up? I know it's a little bit longer one, but this is our last opportunity before the season starts to be able to throw some of those, uh, throw some of those uh, draft advice as well as obviously some betting advice as well. Yeah, enjoy the time. This is the fantasy draft season. It is my favorite part of the fantasy season. So have fun with your drafts. And yeah, don't be afraid to make any risky picks there at the end of drafts. Armand, any two cents to throw in there? Yeah, um, uh, shout out to the guys that I'm drafting with right now. Um, might as well shout them out, seeing as we're doing it from the Sasky Superflex Keeper League. Um, it's a bunch of guys that I went to university with. So if they're listening, shout out to you guys. I know um, Stephen Horrell, who was in our, our charity league last year, he's one of the commissions of this league. So, all right, on. Right on, right on. Uh, my last two cents is just make sure that if you want to get in the 306 Fantasy Football Charity League, like Armin had just mentioned, make sure you hit us up on our DMs. Uh, we're going to be announcing those positions this upcoming weekend, and our draft is going to be happening next week before the NFL draft season. So, um, I mean, it's like, like Zach said, it's the best time of year. Have fun. Enjoy those drafts. Um, and then I guess we'll, we'll see you guys next week when we start breaking down week one of the NFL season. And and start you off on your uh, undefeated season one and oh in the in, in week one. So take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to episode 57. And uh, it's finally here, everybody. The NFL season is right around the corner. Take care, everybody, and uh, talk soon. <laughs>